So that means we effectively lose the ability to see what Apple users are doing with our emails. Fortunately, that's only 30, 40, maybe 50% of our audience, but it's still significant. So it means that we have to change the way that we look at open rates and engagement and all that kind of thing. So it's a major shift coming. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Robin Copernicus. And on today's episode, we have a dad, a serial founder. He is the founder of Deliverability Dashboard. He is a email deliverability consultant. And if you're not sure what email deliverability means, such a uh, difficult word to say, especially when you're doing it on a podcast. But if you're not sure what email deliverability means, it means making sure that your emails aren't going into the spam box, making sure that your emails are going to that coveted priority tab where you can actually increase your click-through rates and on today's show we have adrian savage who is an expert on this adrian so in terms of deliverability dashboard and your entire entrepreneurial journey where are you right now and how did you get there so right now then a very good place the business is is stable that it's got loads of potential that's what i love about this i've been an entrepreneur for nearly 10 years now and it's been a gradual journey going from one man band through to building a proper business and this is this has got the potential to be a multi million dollar business but i'm taking it very steady just going one step at a time working out how I can serve as many people as possible without killing myself in the process, without everything going out of control, without me losing control. At the moment, we've just got one piece of software and we do a bit of consulting and I know that there's so much more that we can be doing. So I'm just letting that run. Think, things are coming to me, if that makes sense. So things like, I think it's tomorrow, where are we now, middle of September 2021, and tomorrow Apple are launching iOS 15. That's gonna change almost everything about email marketing in some ways. So there's always things for me to, to respond to develop software for and so on. Lots and lots of solutions there. As for how I got here, then I've got to give you the kind of one minute version, which is always a bit tough. But I guess it goes back to when I was seven years old, my dad brought an Apple II computer home, which is one of the, so that was the first ever computer I used. I see him in the museums now, which makes me feel quite old. Um, but I helped my dad use the computer. I learned to program and very early on, probably about by the time I was about eight, eight or nine, something like that, I wrote a program, got it published in a magazine. They paid me 12 English pounds for the privilege, which is what, $15, something like that. So <laughs> I didn't exactly get rich out of it. But that kind of, that set me on my way to becoming um, an entrepreneur. It took me a long time to wake up and realize that I didn't just have to work for someone else and, and help them make money. It's only in the last 10 years that I escaped the corporate life. But ever since then, then I've been helping other people solve their problems. And that's what I love doing. And I'm very fortunate to have found a niche that is all about something I know a lot about. It's something that very few other people do. So there's not much competition. And I love what I'm doing. That's the most important. All right, you just dropped this hint about iOS 15 changing everything. So iOS 14 was stated to change everything in terms of marketing. It's really difficult to start retargeting yep. now. How is iOS 15? Changing? So 14 was a lot about social media and tracking and things like that. So as you said, retargeting became really difficult. With iOS 15, then Apple have introduced a new feature called email privacy. And that means that anyone who uses client on their iPhone, their iPad or their Mac, they will be able to tell Apple to block marketers ability to view whether they've opened the emails or not what they're going to do apple are going to preload every single image in every single email 
So it will appear that all of the emails are being opened even if someone hasn't looked at it yet. So that means we effectively lose the ability to see what Apple users are doing with our emails. Fortunately, that's only 30, 40, maybe 50% of our audience, but it's still significant. So it means that we have to change the way that we look at open rates and engagement and all that kind of thing. So it's a major shift coming, but a lot of people see it as a bad thing, but you know, you can always view a challenge either as a challenge or an opportunity. And I see it as a great opportunity for, for the good marketers out there, which is most people, is to evolve and just work out how they continue how they can continue to serve their audience, their prospects, their clients as well as possible. Because we've used open rates as a bit of a crutch over the years. There's other ways and probably better ways of looking at how well we're helping our audience. It is gonna be a big change, but it's never a bad Right, so it sounds like Deliverability Dashboard is well positioned for the future. In terms of the future, where do you see Deliverability Dashboard going? And what are some of the things that are slowing you down? So I think the thing that slows me down most at the moment is just my ability to develop the platform further. Because so far then... The main person who's written all the software has been myself. My son worked for me for the last 12 months and he learned to code and he's done lots of great stuff helping me. But he just started university in the last week. So I'm back down to doing most of it on my own again. So I've got a project manager that works for me and we've got one freelance developer. I'm always a little bit wary of growing that side of things too much because you can invest, you can end up investing lots of money in the development before the revenue has caught up. So it's always a balancing act between making sure that we're adding functionality in. And, and the big thing at the moment is adding support for extra platforms. Because we started just supporting Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign. And then over the years, we've added other platforms like MailChimp and HubSpot and the list goes on and on. We've just added another six platforms in the last week or so. But there's still other platforms I remember the good old days when everyone either used MailChimp or Infusionsoft or Office Autopilot and that was it. Now there's dozens of email platforms and ideally the more of those that I can support with my software, the more people that I can help. So it's, made, you know, so it's increasing the reach that way just by adding more platforms in. And then the other thing is working out, well, are there other ways, you know, are, are there other tools that I can develop that will help people more than I am at the moment? So there's plenty of opportunity, but the challenge there is prioritizing that. And then obviously not spending too much on development until the revenue is caught up. So it keeps me a bit of a balance. Yes, yeah, so you've actually done all this self-funded. You've done it yourself. Where a lot of founders, they will start creating these pitch decks and creating these hockey stick projections. You're just actually out there doing it um, did you go the pitch deck route or how did you kind of choose the route that you're on and what's driving I guess I never stopped to think about external investment because I haven't you know, my when I was at school I it was all majoring in kind of computer science and things like that so it was very much the technical side so I've never done an MBA no you know no, no business classes at all so I learned the hard way I was going along and all I was really thinking about was focusing on me doing all the work creating the software that kind of thing when I started in marketing automation 10 years ago I was just you know pretty much a freelance Infusionsoft consultant then I realized I could help people by writing the software it felt like it was more difficult for me to tell someone else how to do that than to do it myself so it's been by, by default I've turned from being a, a consultant to a software business almost by accident if that makes sense so it never got to the point where I was looking to grow massively I, I guess I just didn't have that I didn't understand that was an opportunity things might have gone very differently but like you say if you go down down the external investment route you lose a lot of control and it almost becomes a job again even though I could have done that had I known about it I'm quite happy with the way that I've gone but in my case it was more like 
Yes, and we all know how entrepreneurs feel about getting involved, yeah. but that's not <laughs> no, a good option. In terms of growing deliverability dashboard at the moment, how are you getting traction? So a lot of it has been still word of mouth. I've been on a fair few podcasts and, and that always makes a difference because there's a small but significant number of people each time that see me on a podcast, they hear what I'm talking about, they find me on the website, they send up to my email list and you know, for every 100 people that join my email list, then at least 10 of those become either they sign up for the software at a small monthly subscription or some of them ask for a, an email audit or they become big clients. So that's probably the primary way, but I've also been spending a lot of time recently starting to talk to agencies that do email marketing for their clients because I only need to work with a small number of agencies to be able to actually help a large number of people. So I'm starting to target those a bit more. And again, because I'm in the, I've been in kind of the Infusionsoft space, Active Campaign, and other similar platforms, and I already know a lot of the people that do consulting and run agencies in those spaces. So I'm still at the stage where I can have individual conversations with people that I know, and that's still growing the business right now. Longer term, then obviously I'm going to have to start engaging with those, either advertising to agencies or direct mail, things like that. And also, just by having a presence on Facebook, there's pretty much every single email platform out there has a Facebook group now, and there's people who start asking questions on my emails are going to spam and things like that. And again, I'm very fortunate that there's not much competition. When that kind of question happens, then it's either myself or two or three other people that get tagged in those posts. So it's quite a nice way of gently growing the business at the moment. I could be a lot more aggressive with it and invest in more marketing and I might do that. But at the moment, I'm quite keen to not overstretch myself. I've done that in the past and that just leads to, from a mental health perspective, then lots of entrepreneurs put themselves under too much pressure, myself included. I've done it in the past. And I'd rather just let things grow gently and organically now, knowing that it's going in the right direction, than suddenly put myself under a huge amount of pressure and feel that I've got to suddenly have a multi-million dollar business. I love that because what you're exactly saying really aligns with our philosophy as well. Because when you try to go after this huge thing and you want to grow too fast, there is such a thing as growing too fast. When you start to grow too fast, you're putting, just like you said, all these different pressures on you that where you're not enjoying the work anymore and if you're not happy if you're not keeping that level of happiness then this is where founders start to give up and they will walk away from whatever they're doing because they're getting bored where it's not engaging them anymore and it's just not fun and why do it if it's not fun so this is great yeah adrian where can more people learn about deliverability dashboard and more about okay your- so the easiest place is to go to deliverability dashboard.com and from there you can either find my free email health check that works with lots of different email platforms or there's also a link on there to the race method checklist that i've created because there's four main areas about deliverability looking at reputation authentication content and engagement and that spells out the word race and i've got a checklist that covers all the most important things that people can follow to make a a, quite a major difference to their email performance if they haven't done anything yet so deliverability dashboard.com is the best website to go to and that's where all the resources are and i can be contacted that way as well all right awesome so in the beginning of the episode we teased a little bit how ios 15 was actually changing things what we didn't really cover is adrian what is the fix for this so a lot of it is really to firstly make sure we're going into this as well as possible because one of the key the most important thing about 
having successful email performance is to make sure that you're only sending emails to the people that actually want to hear from you. Make sure that you're only sending to the people that have engaged with you recently. So if someone hasn't opened anything from you in the last three months, the chances are they're unlikely to in the future. If you focus just on sending emails to the people that have opened recently, you can get a 30, a 40%, even a 50% open rate. Now that's all going to change as Apple roll out iOS 15, and, it, and we expect that people's open rates are gonna appear to go up, even though they're not really. So right now, and obviously by the time this airs, then iOS 15 will probably have been out for a little while. It's make sure we've focused as much as possible on the people that we know have opened recently. And then beyond that, we're gonna have to change the way we work a bit. We have, we're gonna have to focus a lot more on things like whether people have clicked on a link in the email, rather than just whether they've opened it or not. Now the challenge there is, so you might be able to get maybe, you know, I, I can often get three quarters of my engaged mailing list to open something from me in the, within a month. But out of those three quarters of my mailing list, maybe only 15% of those will have clicked something. So we can't just throw all those other people away. So we've got to be a bit more pragmatic about it. But we do need to focus very much on looking at when did someone last click on a link in an email? When did they last open something? And if we've got ways of tracking whether they've used an Apple device or not, because if someone's still using the Google Mail web interface, then their open tracking is going to be just the same as it was before. So I'm in the middle of developing and releasing a new part of Deliverability Dashboard that will help people work out well, who's using Apple, where we have to be a bit more strict around the way we look at the clicks, and who's using all the other platforms where we can still trust the accuracy of the email open a bit more, so we can still use that data to track them. Because in an ideal world, just because someone's using an Apple device to read their Gmail, Google still expects us to manage our engagement. Google still expects us to only send the emails to people that are going to open them. So we need to try and make sure that we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. And we don't just want to ignore all open data if we can help it. We just want to make sure that we're focusing on the people that do use Apple and treat them in one way and everyone else. Then we can carry on managing engagement the way that we should always have been, although a lot of people don't. And that is just to focus on the people that have opened something recently. If we can look at clicks as well, then that is great because a click is worth much more than open. It means that someone's really engaged. But this is all about just making sure that we focus really tightly on the people that we know are likely to read our emails and also turning it on its head a little bit if we think that they haven't actually engaged with us recently, give them the opportunity to tell us that they're still there. So say, hey, let me know you're still reading this. Click here if you want to stay on my mailing list or something like that. Because if they are engaged, even if we can't tell that they've opened accurately or not, if they really like the content you're sending and you say, hey, click here or I'm going to unsubscribe you, most people actually click that link. And you can sometimes give them a couple of reminders before you remove them from your list. But just simple things like that, keeping on top of your list, pruning it regularly to make sure that you're only keeping the warmest people on your list. That's the, that what makes the biggest difference. Okay, so it sounds like people who actually have this baseline data, they're gonna be, they're gonna yeah, be okay. absolutely. Like new marketers, they're gonna have a little bit more time, but they're not lost. It's gonna go back into the direct response type marketing world where you didn't have all these tracking things. The original cookie was the coupon. Yeah. Where you get people to actually send data back with the coupon. Absolutely. So you're doing the same thing. Yes. And and hopefully Apple's not going to start clicking those things. Yeah, that, that would make life really tough. At the moment, there's no sign they're gonna do that. So we have to, you know, really hope. I mean, the very worst case, it will reach the point where, like you say, it is more like the good old direct response in the old days where you know, the only way we'll know is when someone actually buys something or they fill out a web form or something like that. It, it does mean we're going to have to use our brains a bit more, but 
it's not a bad thing because it's I, it's always good to have a bit of a challenge and it gives us the chance of, to come up with new ways of better keeping our audience engaged because you know I think sometimes it's been a little bit too easy just to throw emails out there and say hey I've got a 40% open rate I'm doing okay whereas now we can say okay these emails we're sending how many sales they're generating how many visits to our website are they giving us and you know we can be a lot more objective about the data that we're getting and make sure we're using it in the right way so lots of challenges but i think that's a good thing all right sounds good adrian one more time what could deliverability dashboard.com all right thank you so much adrian it was a pleasure to have you on the show and our copernicus nation we will see you on the next Thanks, episode Hey guys, this is Robert Copernicus wanting to talk about a few special things I have going on right now. One of the most difficult problems founders hope to solve is to get traction for their startup. VCs won't even look at Pistex anymore without this crucial element. But why is getting traction so hard? Getting your first 100 customers should not be difficult. If you want 100 signups for your startup in 30 days or less before you even launch your MVP, check out my book, Minimal Viable Mockup at minimalviablemockup.com or at mbmbook.com. And if you want a hands-on bootcamp to help you get to 100 customers and build out a high converting sales funnel, learn more about the three-hour Minimal Viable Mockup bootcamp at mvmbootcamp.com. And finally, if you are a serial founder with a successful business generating six or seven figures in revenue and scared you can lose it all at any moment book a call with me and my team at launchwithrobin.com to learn how you can launch your next startup with our operating system that helps you build an empire so you never have to worry about pivoting again again those links are mvmbook.com mvmbootcamp.com and launchwithrobin.com